Black Friday and Cyber Monday are coming up fast, and if you don't have a good loyalty program, also known as a reason to come back after the holidays, you're leaving money on the table. If you don't have a loyalty program already, don't panic. Our buddies at Bold have a great loyalty app, and setting it up is dead simple. There's no installation, no liquid update needed, it just works. You set the amount of points you want customers to earn when they shop, what the redemption value is, and you're done. If you want to get fancy, you can offer points when customers share your store on social media, on their birthdays, or even when they create an account in your store. And it gets better. Loyalty Points integrates with Bold Cashier, so customers can now use points at checkout, just like a real currency. They could pay for an order with half points, half a credit card. They can use points towards shipping if you want to. And on top of that, it doesn't use discount codes, so customers could still use those as normal if they have one. All right, now here's my Black Friday tip. Bold Loyalty's app has a sweet feature that lets you offer bonus points during certain periods. So if you can only offer a certain discount on Black Friday, or maybe your products have fixed prices and you aren't allowed to offer discounts, or you don't want to, you could offer double the loyalty points. So this year, make sure you have a loyalty program in place, make sure you have some kind of promotion, and then check out Bold's loyalty app to supercharge it. It comes with a free trial and your first 500 customers completely free. Visit boldcommerce.com or search Bold Loyalty in the Shopify App Store to get your free trial started today. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and you've got, oh my gosh, 30 days until Black Friday. We've got four weeks a month, however you want to slice it, to get ready to have the best Q4 ever, the best holiday season ever. And there is probably no way you're going to achieve that without Facebook ads. And the problem is Facebook ads are confusing and complex and frustrating on their own. As soon as we consider, hey, maybe you haven't done this since last year and there's new options and formats, it gets harder. And even if you've been operating the whole year, things get different and more competitive and more expensive during the holidays. So today I am happy to be discussing with you a Facebook ads holiday prep workshop 
that we'll be doing in this episode with Kurt Bullock. Kurt Bullock is a wonderful Facebook marketer, extremely talented, and that's why for the last nearly three years, he has been our exclusive go-to marketing partner and has done fulfillment for 100% of our Facebook's ads projects with some incredible results. Uh, if you check it, I'll link to a case study uh, in the show notes. But number one, was soon I'm already prepping you. I'm saying, hey, it's it, Facebook's hard and confusing. I don't want you to be overwhelmed. The last thing I want is for you to hear all this and then get overwhelmed and get stuck and do nothing. Do nothing is, of course, is an option, but that's the one that's going to guarantee no results. I want you to do anything. If there is just like one takeaway you get from this episode, um, then do that and give yourself a pat on the back. Don't beat yourself up for not doing every single thing. We're all at different levels. We have different time, different budgets, and that's okay. So up front, Tony, right now, we're going to have a Facebook holiday prep checklist that you could download that corresponds to this episode. So this episode is going to give you the background on it. Then the checklist will give you your action items as a result so you don't have to run through and take notes um, while trying to listen and or drive. Please don't do that. Uh, if you type or tap or swipe up on the show art on your phone, it will bring you to the show notes. That's where you could grab that checklist and anything else I link to. And uh, in addition to that, we will start the show up front with some quick wins, some overviews. And if you're just going to listen to the first 15 minutes, that's fine. You'll get a lot of value out of that. And then for the more advanced folks, we'll go into a deeper dive and lay out a – we're trying to lay out a strategy or blueprint. Mr. Kurt Bullock, thank you for joining us. Does everything I said in the intro make sense? Sounds great. Whew, excellent. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what are what are we talking about today? We've got Facebook ads for Q4 for Black Friday. Why do we care? What's the difference? Why does it matter? Yeah, so – Facebook ads for Q4, important for, for many businesses. And I think that one of the reasons to focus on Q4 specifically is that there's some things that change. There's some things that are a little bit different about running Facebook ads uh, over these holidays, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that uh, you should be aware of and that you can do a little bit of prep work for uh, and maybe just adjust your strategy slightly uh, so that you can get better results uh, during this holiday season. Very good. Uh, yeah, because we've got, well, let's start there. What's different about running Facebook ads for Black Friday, for the holidays, versus literally any other random day of the year? Because I'm sure plenty of people listening are going to already have Facebook strategies in place, Facebook funnels, maybe even Facebook funnels that you built for them. What do they want to do differently in the next six weeks? Yeah, great question. So, the, the one of the prime differences or the, the prime things to keep in mind is that over that week of, of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Thanksgiving, the cost of traffic goes sky high. You've got everybody dumping their budgets into Facebook and Instagram, uh, sometimes indiscriminately. And since Facebook and Instagram, it's an auction, right? The, the ad system is an auction. So the more people that are out there advertising, the higher the cost of traffic gets. And so it can be hard to stay profitable uh, and hard to compete um, during that week. So one thing that you'll want to do in the next six weeks is to think a little bit about, look at this as sort of a, maybe a long game in terms of 
taking time to build up big retargeting audiences and big engagement audiences. The, I, the big idea here is that you build these audiences now, warm up some audiences so that during the week of Black Friday, instead of targeting cold traffic that's never heard of you before, you've got a sizable list of people that you can target during that week. It's more affordable to target those people and you're gonna get better results because this isn't the first time that they're hearing about your brand. So the in with Facebook ads, I can target cold traffic. That's gonna be the most expensive. I could target uh, remarketing people who visited my website. And in doing both of those, remarketing is always gonna be cheaper, but by how much? So you'll see a, a substantial difference here. And it, you know, from the week of Black Friday, um, it, you know, it depends on your niche, to be honest, the exact costs. So, so certain markets are more competitive than others, but it's going to be by you know, a, a good margin. So, and, and there's one other audience in there that you would include sort of in retargeting and a sort of a, a higher up the funnel retargeting, and that's your engagement audiences. So you can target people that view videos in your ads. So that's an audience that you could target. You can target people that engage with your Facebook or Instagram ads. So that's people that click on them, like them, share them, visit your profile page, engage with them really in any way. Um, your fans, and then again, your website visitors. So people that take any action on your page. And so that would be sort of the audiences that I would consider prime audiences for targeting during that week of Black Friday. So we're excluding you know, interests and we're excluding lookalike audiences. Those are both cold audiences. So the big difference going into the holidays is everybody and their mother with a website is going to be running Facebook ads, which drives and people already running Facebook ads are probably going to up their budgets. And the end result is uh, cost of ads shoots way up. The hack to work around it is focus during the holidays on the people most likely to buy. And those are your remarketing audiences. And we can go beyond the traditional um, just, hey, this was a visitor to my website. Let's remarket to them. But those are the most in, um, probably, well, I'm guessing here, the most uh, the most likely to purchase, especially people who visited particular products. Um, and we, if we've got our Facebook product catalog in, we can market to them. Um, and then we can also get build engagement audiences. So it's if someone so much as viewed my Instagram profile, if they looked at my Facebook page, if they commented on something, if they watched 10 seconds of video, all those things, we can remarket to those individuals as well, right? Exactly. So the hack, the workaround in prep for the prices going way up during the holidays is spend all your spend your move your ad budget toward um, driving awareness, not focusing on sales, get awareness and engagement leading up to Black Friday, and then on Black Friday, dump everything into remarketing ads to those people. That That's exactly right. So you're playing you know, a, a little bit different strategy. Normally, you, you may be accustomed to running campaigns to get an immediate ROI. In this case, you're running campaigns so that you get an awesome ROI during Black Friday. So it sounds like our initial quick win here so we, we started with what's different, and it's really it's, – it's the competition. It's the cost um, because there is a finite number of eyeballs and ad space on Facebook, and as more people show ads, price goes up. The first quick win you have is in the month before, build that – build those remarketing audiences up, and, uh, and then the, the mindset of, hey, we're not necessarily looking to make sales during November. And I think a lot of people also may be holding off on purchases – 
uh, knowing that like, hey, if I, I'm going to make a big purchase and I'm like, right, our, our TV's broken. This is a real example. Our TV, like the backlight is clearly dying. I now have two like chunks of TV that have gone dark and I am going to limp that thing through no matter what until Black Friday because I am not purchasing a TV before then. I know the prices are going to go way down. So it probably may like looking through that um, consumer psychology lens. I think it makes sense to not be spending money and setting your expectations around um, set your expectations around audience building and engagement. So first hack quick win we'll say is is mindset is changing that mindset. And the second quick win is building that audience. That's exactly right. And just one last comment on that in terms of how to accomplish that. You may be accustomed to running Facebook ads that are all conversion focused. So, you know, getting down to the real tactical level, one way you can start working that is running Facebook ads that have different objectives, the video view objective, the engagement objective, right? As opposed to just using the conversion objective. And that will help you build those audiences faster. I see already this is the first 10 minutes, we have a fantastic, probably for a lot of people, a mindset shift. It gives them direction and strategy, especially if you're already running Facebook ads like this. This really is just a matter of, okay, let's shift our budgets around going forward. Right. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, let's say I have run, you told us what's different about Facebook ads right now versus in three weeks versus in July. Maybe I've already been through this. I know all this, Mr. Bullock. I've got um, – so I ran ads last year and the year before that. Well, what's changed? What's different this year versus last year? I have, like the Facebook ad platform evolves so quickly, um, it could be hard to keep up. What's new? What's changed for 2018? Yeah. So there's a few things that I think uh, are exciting and that you should focus on as you put together your campaigns for Q4. One one cool thing that we can do now, and this just came out in the last few months, uh, when I say cool, that means effective in generating sales, is Instagram stories. Um, that, oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, oh, they're incredible. Right. Been, as a place, it's just, it's a, well, you could get into it, but yeah, I'm excited. The Instagram stories as a placement have been tremendously effective. Um, and our graphic designer, Tom Shedlack, who knows a lot about social media marketing, is always like, you got to do more with Facebook, Instagram stories. You got to do more with stories. It's so... He's like, they're, they're cheap and effective. And all right, go ahead. That's exactly right. So Facebook, there's so many, so many marketers now on Facebook. Facebook's looking for new places to put their ads. And so when they do that and they open up a new placement, there's usually sort of a land grab and there's, a, there's some very cheap rates. They're really effective because Facebook tries to promote the use of those new placements. So Instagram stories, awesome, um, became available just in the last few months in terms of being able to advertise through Instagram stories. Um, and so that works. So just to, for those of you that may not be familiar with Instagram stories, that's a totally a vertical placement made for mobile phones. Um, people are, are typically not viewing Instagram stories much on their desktops. Uh, it's an Instagram app and it works. So, you know, in, in terms of our strategy here, I think the Instagram stories works really well as um, a retargeting strategy. So all those audiences that we just talked about that you've been building, you can set up um, Instagram stories that will will go to those retargeting audiences during the week of Black Friday. Um, and so the, the dimension of, of that is, is 1080 by 1920. It's a nine, nine by 16 aspect ratio. So, so that's one really exciting placement. Uh, okay, so with the Instagram stories, I... Initially, I did not get 
Instagram stories. I didn't understand it, but and for people who don't have not played with it yet, um, number one, it, it's revealing our age. I'm sorry. The <laughs> it's definitely skews it skews younger for sure. Um, the it's going to be like 18 to 34 um, is where you'll find the the biggest audience. It's a pretty good broad range um, for in, for stories um, and. Uh, essentially, Instagram stories, it's just like Snapchat was. Um, it's a expiring, it's a 24-hour expiring, maybe I'm wrong on that, you can correct me, 15-second vertical video um, that pops up. And the scare, the urgency created by it expiring is what gets people to watch it, is what makes it fun, is what can often be why in an Instagram story people are more, it's like it's quick, it's honest, it's authentic. Um, and they run them like in a reel where you go, all right, I want to watch my stories. And it shows you like your first story and then your next friend's story and your next friend's story, then an ad and then story, story, ad, stories like that. So it's just, it's like a little five, you get like a little couple minute TV show of what your friends are up to that day. It's kind of neat if you haven't played with it. Um, what do you think makes for, what are the elements of an effective Instagram story ad? So there's some changes coming out right now, as, as far as I can tell, you can just run the 15 second segment, but when you create it organically from your own Instagram app, you may have noticed that you can create multiple sort of panels, right? So that you can have uh, panel after panel after panel. Um, that is going to be coming out. So right now, I think you just need to, to focus on the 15 second placement and that can be done with single images that Facebook, when you upload it, will turn it into a 15 second still um, or you can use video. But I think that people really like sort of behind the scenes because the whole idea, as you mentioned, is that it's it's a it's recency, right? Is you can see exactly what's happening right now. That's the idea behind it, and usually get a behind the scenes glimpse of what's going on. Um, so as far as what works well, I mean, if you just have still photos, it's fun to add a little bit of animation to that potentially. I've seen products where they have like let's just say little mistletoe leaves that are sort of dancing back and forth, right, hand drawn. Uh, animated things that catch the eye um, and you know are going to draw you want to have that call to action at the bottom that says swipe up right so it's a little bit different call to action so those are sort of the two elements that I would have on um, your Instagram story as you're playing the creative very good uh, and I think the the thing to focus on is it really does not have to be nor should it be super polished because people aren't going to engage with that. It's not what they expect to see from their friends. It sticks out like a sore thumb as an ad when it's like a hyper-polished commercial. Go Make your life easier. I am giving you permission to go lo-fi um, with this because I, I swear if you split test it, it will be more effective. Am right. I right? Right, like using emoji stickers on there, right? I love the stickers. Yeah. yeah. Have fun with it. The whole point of the story is that they're fun. It's like a brief escape from your day. Have fun with it. Exactly. So, so it, right, it's a no stress, lo-fi way, you know, you can use sort of the hand-drawn arrows and stickers and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so those work, work really well. Um, and that's something to be focusing on um, as you plan your creative. The, the next item I would say is just tall photos. Uh, because as we're planning, you know, Q4, I think mobile is where to focus, right? 
more and more people are doing their shopping from mobile. It's funny, less and less people report having laptops and desktop computers at their homes. They, they're used more and more just for work these days and at home and when they're off work, it's they're stuck to their, their mobile phone. So these new you know vertical placements like Instagram stories, tall photos, which are like the two to three aspect ratio or four to five aspect ratio, those work really well uh, on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and the advantage there when you do the... When you're focusing for mobile and you do the the vertical video and photo, the tall stuff, it um, takes up a ton of screen real estate. So as they're, you know, everything is a feed that you're scrolling with your thumb. You want to present them with thumb stoppers, stuff where they go, whoa, they got to stop and look at it. Having the the much taller items just by eating up more screen real estate makes it more likely that that happens. Exactly. Yep. It's it's just a better mobile experience to have it take up the whole screen. You know, the previous winner was sort of the square image that uh, right on on Instagram. So so this is an upgrade. Okay. So go from square image to the tall image, uh, and based on some some stats I've seen in our own engagement numbers, I would say that's right. Uh, okay. So we got mobile first. Focus on um, focus on the the vertical stuff um, as a format for video photo. Uh, leverage Instagram stories as a new ad placement. Um, anything else that's new that we should be looking at? Yeah, there's there's one last thing I wanted to mention, and that is, uh, they call it DABA, that's the acronym for Dynamic Ads for Broad Audiences. So hmm. if you have a uh, product catalog and you've used dynamic product ads, those are, are used for retargeting, but now there's a new way to use them, and that is uh, using them for um, essentially prospecting, where you're letting Facebook um, choose who to target. And so Facebook is looking at your browsing history as an end user. It's paying attention to what sites you're visiting, what products you're clicking on, what ads you're clicking on, and it's trying to put together a picture of what products you might be in the market for. And then it will go and search among all the stores that have DABA ads enabled, and uh, it will actually match people to products automatically for you. So that's that's something that's still hmm. relatively new, but I've had really great results with it in a few uh, test campaigns that we've run this month. So just a, definitely something to to test out in these in these coming weeks and see if you can get any traction with uh, those new DABA ads. Okay, so I shouldn't rely on it for the holidays, but I should try it in advance and see if it's effective. Right, it's it's kind of a cool new placement, but I, but exactly, you may not want to uh, rely on it entirely. It could just be a part of your of your repertoire there. <laughs> okay, so we've got our our new placements are going to include stuff like um, uh, right. We don't want to just limit ourselves. In the past, we limit ourselves to the Facebook feed. Um, so we want to run multiple placements, and especially these new placements, Instagram stories, um, just Instagram newsfeed if you haven't been using it. Um, and the other one I saw um, that's new, it's a little different, uh, if you could speak to it, is Facebook Messenger as an ad placement. Yeah, absolutely. So th there's two ideas here. So one is using Facebook Messenger sort of in this whole building awareness phase. And so that could involve creating an ad that says something along the lines of, uh, you know, click here to be notified or, to be, you know, the first um, ones notified when we release our Black Friday, you know, promo to find out about new deals, that sort of thing, right? And so you can build a large audience of people that are raising their hand saying, yeah, let me know when your Black Friday sales uh, begin. And so you can kind of treat that as an email list um, and, you know, focus on growing that between now and uh, Black okay. Friday. but. In terms of a placement, um, you don't need to have an Instagram Messenger 
let's say like automation sequence or something like that to use the placement. It's just gonna show up when people open Messenger, there's little ad placements now. So your image can show up there. Um, and I've, I've had luck using that as well as the new Facebook Marketplace. Uh, if you're from, have you ever used that, Kurt? No, what is that? So it's almost, I'm not sure how to explain it, but it's, it's kind of like a Craigslist for Facebook. Um, where people are selling products, you know, locally or, or regionally, and you can specify sort of what area you're in and what you're looking for, and uh, you can find a whole bunch of sort of direct, you know, seller to buyer <laughs> um, ads, right? Come pick this up at my house type thing, and so that's another placement that Facebook has uh, has released. Okay, cool. And in the um, well, it's still going on placements in format. Um, when I choose the placements and I'm, when I'm making it in Facebook and I choose my place, placements, it defaults to let it, just let us pick it for you. We'll handle it. Um, should I be doing that? Should I just be setting it myself and choosing? Normally what I'll do is just choose the, in, the placements that make sense for the format. Um, like what I think makes sense is format. And then I'll go back through and see, um, go through the stats and see, all right, which of these is the most effective and turn off the ones that are ineffective. Is that a decent strategy? Should I be doing it differently? That works. Maybe a, a few more details I would add to that is that when I'm doing um, my prospecting campaigns, um, so to, to lookalike audiences and interests, then a lot of times I'll be real specific about where I'm, you know, I'm showing my ads. So in the Facebook feed, and again, as you mentioned, placements that that match the type of creative that I have, right? One thing to keep in mind is, you know, not to just rely on the Facebook feed because that's the most expensive placement in, in many cases. Uh, so it's good to have at least two placements in there. But it the you know things change a little bit as you look at retargeting audiences. Um, when it comes to retargeting audiences, you know that these people are qualified to some degree to the point that you know maybe they've made it to your website or added something to their cart or watched a video. In that case, sometimes I will let Facebook choose because I just want to be in front of them wherever they're at. There's a little bit less risk when you're doing the retargeting. Whereas if you push a whole bunch of money behind a prospecting ad, right, a lookalike audience, you might lose your shirt um, going to weird placements. But in retargeting, I found it to be pretty effective just to reach them wherever they're at. Okay. And um, in terms of budget, going to the holidays, obviously we talked about we're going to want to increase our budget to compensate for the ad spend um, and get get ready. We're going to want to shift our focus pre-holiday to um, driving engagement and then shift back to uh, remarketing during the holidays. But for actually running the budget, uh, there's manual and daily. I have been using daily. And then when I see an ad that doesn't work, I just kill it and then take the budget for it and put it into an ad that does work. So we uh, the phrase I learned from you is, is starve the losers, feed the winners. Um, but there's also a manual budget, and I have no idea how that works, what to do with it, and I've just been sticking with daily budget because it seems like a, a safer approach. Talk to me about about budgets and if I should even be messing with this manual budget. So I think for many advertisers, you'll probably want to stick to just the daily budget, um, which you know Facebook says it's lowest cost bidding, right? So you just want Facebook to find the lowest cost conversion for you. That will work in many cases. If you have previous data, right? If you've been doing this for a while and you know what your costs are, then it can be it can be 
profitable to venture into those manual bids. And there's a, a number of different strategies to get into them. Uh, usually they involve multiples of your average order value. So if you're just testing, I guess the way to do it is by testing. And one good way to try that out is to set it to a manual bid and bid maybe a three times multiple of your average order value. Um, some people bring that up even higher to 5x, but you want to run those for a few days, try 5x, 4x, 3x, and I find that if you if you bid your actual average order value, you might not get any impressions um, for some reason. It seems like you need to sort of multiply that a few times, but you'll, you'll find where you're getting the most bang for your buck if you run a little experiment, and oftentimes I find it's maybe 3x uh, average order value. Okay, that's a, a good pro tip there. Um, and with my audience sizes, let's say like for the, the top of funnel for when I'm trying to drive this awareness and engagement early, I want to look at um, lookalike audiences are probably a good way to find new people or interest-based targeting can work well uh, if you get lucky. I mean, really, that one's a bit hit or miss. Right. Um, but with lookalike audiences, it really is just like, all right, here, give us source data and give us um, and choose a percentage what the heck, the simple question, what do I set that percentage to? Yeah, no, that's a great question. When I'm testing things out initially, I think most people stick to the 1%, but there's oftentimes a lot more uh, market to be had if you can bring that up to 2 or 3% because that gives Facebook a little bit more room to find people, to find sort of the most cost-effective person in that moment. So I think one sort of large idea that this ties into is just the idea of instead of being so specific, in the olden days, I would have recommended being very specific about all of your placements, uh, meaning, you know, you just use the Facebook feed if that's the most effective and, you know, just the carousel if that's kind of your top performing, um, you know, creative format. Now the idea, I think, is to let the algorithm do a little bit more deciding. So give it a larger audience, a 2 to 3% lookalike audience. Uh, I typically get better results that way if the 1% works. Um, you know, Use more placements, use more uh, ad formats, carousels, canvas, videos, single image. Instead of just kind of sticking to your, you know, your favorite that you sort of always use, I think that you're going to get better results if you branch out a little bit and get, let the algorithm do its thing, give it some more options. So over time, the, the machine learning, the AI that Facebook uses has gotten better and they've gotten more data and they've gotten more uh, resources to put into it. And it, it really has gotten uh, quite good. So what you're saying is, all right, let's trust it more. Let's give it more leeway to do its work. And that is instead of doing a 1% lookalike audience, let, let's go with 2 to 3%. Um, let's start trusting more in those placements of the daily budgeting. It, am I does, am I getting that right? That's exactly right, <clears throat> and it's especially, you know, I think it's especially applicable right now, where, you know, in Q4 things get really competitive, and so if you let Facebook have more options, it can maybe find your target audience when they're in some of those less competitive placements. It could hit somebody with a right hand, you know, uh, ad image, or it can hit them on the audience network where maybe that doesn't normally work well for you. Um, so it's just going to help Facebook find cheaper conversions. Okay. And yeah. that's, is that largely what it's looking for? Y yes. So it's, it's going to depend on the type of campaign that you create and Facebook's going to try and optimize for whatever objective you have. So if you, if you optimize for page views, right, then, then that's what it'll be looking for. Or you can optimize for add to cart, um, product page views, purchases, 
uh, all of these events. And so Facebook's going to try and find the cheapest way to make that happen, whether it's, you know, no matter where they're at on Facebook or Instagram or on in the marketplace. Okay. And uh, one of the things, if, if we're running lookalike audiences, that means we're looking at cold traffic. Um, and I'm never sure where, how to measure the best result, what I'm doing with really, I don't, don't particularly, I, the remarketing ads I get, the colder traffic, um, the lookalike audiences are harder. And the one metric that I'm always like, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing is frequency. Can you give me some guidelines around frequency? Yes. So frequency, um, frequency can get really high on your retargeting. And like you said, that, that could be a little bit different conversation, but when it comes to your cold ads, one thing that I like to look at is um, there's in your audience insights. So when you're running a campaign, if you go to the ad set level and there's gonna be a little sort of green icon that you can uh, hover over and there'll be a drop down that says delivery insights. There's a lot of, of really great information in there. So if you click on delivery insights, one, one number that I'm looking at a lot now is first time impression ratio. So you'll see when you launch a new campaign that it's 100%. 100% of your ads are hitting people for the first time, right? And that's a good thing for when you're doing cold audience targeting. Over time, you're gonna see that number drop lower and lower. And I think that once you get down to the you know 50% or less, so half of your, of your uh, ads are being shown to fresh faces, the rest are people that have already seen it, then it's time to switch up your creative, to regenerate those audiences and you're probably going to start noticing around that same time that your your campaigns aren't doing as well. Um, so that's a that's a number I pay attention to. In terms of the actual frequency column that you see um, in your reporting, um, that's that's another good indicator. If it's higher than maybe 1.5 uh, for cold traffic, that you'll probably see that your first time impression ratio is is down there as well. So that's a good indicator that you want to start switching things up again. Switch out your creative is one of the best things that you can do to kind of reinvigorate that audience. And with the creative, I think, um, especially when you're you're testing early on, just trying to get the the offer, the audience, and the placement right, it's easy to use single image ads, which is like is the quickest, dirtiest, easiest way um, to get an ad up. But it's probably it's what people see the most of. It's probably the the least effective at this point. Um, what are you, what other formats other than um, like doing the the vertical videos? Um, are there other formats I should be looking at instead of single image ads? Like, let's say I'm like, all right, I got effective single image ads campaign now from what I've been running for the last 10 months. Now let's, let's get the really polish those up before the holidays. Yeah. So I think that, that you, a lot of people, they're kind of in their comfort zone with creating single image ads. Um, and you can, there's a lot of, there's diff different people respond to different creative, right? Some people respond better to video. Some people just want the real quick image. Some people like scrolling through the carousel ads. So it's great to try all of those formats out. Um, video is, is great. You get kind of a double whammy, you know, in terms of you are teaching your audience about who you are. They're starting to to trust you, learn your voice a little bit. You know, if with a single image ad, that might take multiple visits or more multiple ads to, to get people to that point where they're starting to learn more about who you are and to, to tr start trusting you. The other great thing about video is that you can then retarget the audience of people that watched that video. So if you haven't dipped your toe into video yet, 
I would highly recommend putting some resources into coming up with a simple video and it doesn't need to be super polished. It's funny, I've, I've had some really great results with, with some of our clients where I've just sort of instructed them, hey, take your phone, point it at yourself, tell them who you are and what you do and maybe show them around, if you have so, sort of a creative space, show them around your creative space. Hey, this is where I take my pictures. This is where I cut you know, the webbing for our products. And people love that. And that's actually been one of our highest performing video ads uh, for a few of our clients now. It's just sort of the, the selfie video. Because it's real, it's authentic, um, and it's behind the scenes. So in this case, seeing how the sausage is made uh, can be very beneficial. Absolutely. It, it, it helps people to have a connection with you and you're doing it at scale. Very, yeah. It's your, again, it, people buy from people, not brands. So it helps build that, that trust and that relationship. You're um, showing them behind the curtain. Okay. Right. We've talked uh, exclusively about strategies, tactics, about uh, tactics and quick wins. Um, and it's been fairly technical in our remaining, uh, say, five or so minutes. Lay out for me an ideal calendar and where, like, give me some examples of, um, of effective offers or offer strat tactics um, that would work for uh, our, our calendar because we've got – all right, so leading up to Black Friday, right, we're running our, our awareness ads. But then we've got um, you know, Black Friday itself. Uh, the weekend after, then Cyber Monday, then Giving Tuesday, and then like whenever your shipping cutoff dates are, and then possibly even selling, like, doing post-purchase follow-ups and selling to people um, after the fact. So run me, run me through some of those. Exactly. So the way that I look at it is sort of uh, three stages. You know, there's that first phase that we've talked a lot about building awareness. That's between now and essentially the week of Thanksgiving, and that's where you're building your audiences, warming them up and prepping them it's sort of that's where you're putting in your the time and budget right in, in shifting your ad allocation to, so that you have a really great black friday so then then you hit sort of phase two right and this is really where you're trying to just do everything to maximize sales people that week are there to they want to buy you just need to make it easy for them so you know that means showcasing sort of your you know, put out your best offer that you that you can put together. Put out, show them your best products. Um, you know, and that's going to happen as you mentioned. Uh, usually, from the maybe Thanksgiving, you're doing some prep ads saying, "Hey, that we're sales begin tomorrow at you know whatever time," or and here's the promo code to get going. Then you then you have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then I sort of look at that whole operation as wrapping up on uh, on Giving Tuesday, so the 27th. Then you've kind of got this next phase, right? The sort of maybe the third phase where you are uh, focusing on people that are our last minute gift purchasing, right? And so that's where you want to focus, like you mentioned, on that final shipping cutoff date. Maybe that lasts until uh, uh, like the 20th of, of December. Um, and so that's sort of your, your next phase. And then there's one final area that you could choose, and that's your end of year. Uh, promotions where you're kind of hitting people that have visited your site. Maybe they didn't end up purchasing. You're just reminding them of, of any final sales. So so the strategy really is just kind of like prep, building your audiences, and then hitting it real hard, and then picking up the stragglers <laughs> in those so three no, phases. So from now leading into um, pre-Black Friday, I'm going to run ads just to drive awareness. Um, 
maybe starting the week of Black Friday, I want to um, spend some money on remarketing ads, but prep ads like, hey, uh, our sales coming up um, and tease it. And you'll see people like this is why, um, you know, air quotes, uh, Black Friday circulars get leaked and leaking them intentionally um, to to try and drive awareness in advance with these really big um uh, loss leader offers, right? That's what the big box stores do. You could do exactly the same thing. We don't have anything we can leak, but we can tease it on social media as an ad um, and remarketing to people who have not made and probably exclude people who made a recent purchase, maybe. Right. Um, sorry, I want to start with that. And then on then Black Friday itself, I'm going to run my offer. Um, that I can run that like Saturday, Sunday as well. And maybe even do like, I would say run it on Black Friday all day. Then on Saturday, Sunday, run a different ad that's um, Black Friday sale extended um, so people know that it's still relevant um, and to, to get their attention and show whatever your best offer is or maybe a carousel ad of like, here's your, my top five products and your top five best sellers um, since we know that's the stuff people are most likely to buy and just to drive them to the site. And then on Monday, we could do, all right, we got uh, uh, our Cyber Monday ad. And it could even be the same sale with a different name. You don't have to get particularly complicated. Yeah. People just want an excuse to buy and save money. Um, and the then uh, Tuesday, uh, do it again for Giving Tuesday. And then we can, um, we just want to run like, what, general remarketing ads with sale offers until the cutoff date. And then like a new ad reminding them of when their, their cutoff your shipping cutoff date is like for whatever carrier you use. Exactly. Yep. And so you're kind of switching from engagement ads in that first phase to conversion focused ads, right? You're going for the sale. So that's, that's okay. what you're hitting in, in sort of during the week of black Friday. All right. And then, so that's, so engagement phase two, we're going to maximize sales. Then phase three, we've got all these new customers, um, we can keep the magic going by remarketing to them and trying to turn them into repeat customers. Exactly. So, all right, walk me through that. Right. So, so that in this case, you might want to target recent customers, um, target people that have visited your website, target your customer list, right? And you can exclude people that have purchased recently, uh, depending on on the type of product you have. You know, maybe exclude for the last week or the last two weeks, um, and so you're not hitting people that just purchased. Uh, and then, you know, for end of year sales, you want to sort of focus on this, on this new year and, um, you know, promoting images with sort of this better living, better health, um, and helping people win the day essentially. Right. So this could be, instead of just having like your products on the white background, um, that you get, you know, maybe you have on your Shopify store. Oftentimes it works better to have lifestyle images where you get to actually see products on people's necks and wrists or see people in action, help them see how, uh, how this is going to, you know, if it's end of year sale, how it's going to help them in this new year or if, or if they're, if you're running, uh, gift giving sales near Christmas, um, how, how your product would make a good gift, but just don't do your images on, you know, in your product on a white background, excuse me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, tailor it, make it lifestyle. And you're like, um, here, I'll use one I saw last year from uh, uh, Beef Brody, Tactical Baby Gear. Rather than just show the product on a sterile white background, which is not attention getting, he just took his product and photographed it in front of what I assume is the Christmas tree in his own house. That's not complicated, right? And it immediately speaks to 
without you don't even have to write the headline. This is a Christmas gift. This is a good Christmas gift. Like your take your product, slap a bow on it, photograph it in front of a tree. Right. Like that's not tough. Even if you don't have a Christmas tree, go to the mall and do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it, I think oftentimes people overcomplicate things in their head and they go, I can't do all that and give up. I want to strip it back down to let's keep it simple. Let's just get out there and do it because you don't have to be the best. You just have to be better than the, you know the people who didn't bother to do it at all. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I think if you you take that mentality and say, all right, we just need to to put in a little bit of effort and be ten percent better um, than than uh, than what we've been doing and the people around us, you will have a very successful season and it will pay pay dividends um, for weeks to months because you're acquiring new customers in this process oh i'm excited this yeah. is black friday is the the e-commerce super bowl um and for us our our busy season is is now into uh the first week of december and then for three weeks it's just it's dead and it's us having sword fights in the office um <laughs> which after you know after all that fun uh is a a nice get a nice break but okay next step for you, dear listener, is download the Facebook holiday prep checklist. It is in the show note show notes. It's um well, it's produce department dept dot co slash q four. Ah, there's no way you're gonna remember that. Click on the show notes, type, tap or swipe up on the episode art on your phone. You'll get to the show notes, download that checklist. And of course, where can people go to learn more about you, Mr. Bullock? You can visit me at our main website, which is producedepartment.co and it's actually department is short so producedept.co wonderful thank you this has been tremendous and i hope everyone has a hugely successful black friday thanks kurt that was a lot of fun one final note before we go i wanted to remind you about the one shopify theme my agency has used more than any other it's called turbo by out of the sandbox and as its name implies it's built for speed but that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable feature pack theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com slash turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com slash turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.